This COVID news update episode with our very own Gabby Panicia was recorded on December 9th, 2021. Welcome to what the I think we, we are approaching, or we have actually passed, and I don't know it, uh, show 200. So 200 times Woo-hoo! trying to do that differently. It gets a little, it might be a little strained at this point. My, right? Although I don't know why I should do, I should do the same every time. Um, <laughs> how are you, Gabby? I am doing good. Although the audience cannot see, I've got some nice new pants. I'm mm. excited. I'm wearing them. It's so, I'm entirely way too dressed up, but it's literally just because I have fancy pants. So (laughs) this is the best, best dress podcast this morning. Best dress podcast host today is uh, Gabby. And uh, I'm actually always just for the listener. I'm always the best dress podcast host, full suit all the time. Just, just imagine that. And then you're golden as opposed to what I actually look like most of the time, which is that I just curled out of bed and got on the podcast. When you say full suit, do you mean like full hazmat suit or? Uh, oh, I was thinking like, you know, like nice, like James Bond kind of suit, but maybe yeah. it's full hazmat suit. I don't tend to keep those in this, in this room, but maybe I darted across the street, got one, put that on, came back. I think that that's an opportunity for some fashion designer, you know, like lab wear. <laughs> oh, there's got to be somewhere. Yeah, I bet in Italy they're, they're, they have really excellent lab You know, wear. I... I did see someone, so I, I watched from my window, I could see this walkway, and it's a real view into uh, New York City as a general state of being, and <laughs> I, when things were starting to open back up, and like you could tell that people had college assignments again, there was clearly someone from like a dance college who was out there in like a hazmat suit and a gas mask doing like, like voguing, like and being filmed by a bunch of people for like a class clearly. And so we were all just, me and my roommates were all just sitting there with like coffee watching this person <laughs> dancing around on this like walkway in bright yellow, like hazmat suit, gas mask. And I was like, all right, you, oh. you go girl, get it. But it's very strange. So I think that that's at least what I've seen of the COVID chic. That is pretty fantastic. Yeah. COVID fashion show. That'd be fantastic. I'm, I'm sure someone's done that. Um, speaking of COVID this week, I th- I thought uh, here fun story. I can't remember if I mentioned this on a previous show or not. I was uh, about to go, uh, yeah, making a documentary about this uh, incredible uh, classic classic uh, video game called Myst, M Y S T, which a lot of people are familiar with. I know in our audience. And um, uh, by the way, fun thing: this game is almost thirty years old. And they just won Game of the Year, uh, Apple Game of the Year, <laughs> because they have no a new, way. there is a new version of it, by the way, that they made, um, you know, totally redone, and the, all the best graphics. Um, it came out in, in VR last year, and now it's also available on, um, I would say on PC, but also on Mac, obviously. And uh, yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. If you've never heard of Mist, or even if you have, I can recommend it. It's a, it's worth a, 
relook and it's so gorgeous in that apple uh, partly for its history and partly because like it is such an amazing thing cutting edge using in you know, the lightest uh uh software and all that uh they win game of the year but um so i was going i was heading out there uh you know i'm in new york and um the guys who make it are out in um, washington state and uh so i was about to go out there i have um been working on this movie for a long time but for the past since this whole COVID thing began, I've not gone out there because travel is not good, not recommended. And uh, th there is a rule. I, there's, I, this may be a, a, just my own rule, but like a, I feel one of the number, the prime directive, rule number one in documentary filmmaking, don't kill your subjects. This is something you probably have. In, yeah, that in, sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Now, I would say you have that in your lab too, although it's your subjects. Well, it's 50-50. You know, it depends. If it's a mouse, I'm sorry, but I that's that's a terminal experiment. I'm going to have to sack him at the end. <laughs> that's right. Somebody should do a documentary about the, the mouse. No, um, <laughs> don't. It's going to make a lot of people very sad, myself included. I never yeah. enjoy doing it. I always, I literally apologize to the mice, and I've only done uh, it like twice. Um, it makes yeah, me feel bad. It reminds me, um, um, in, uh, I think it was Scott Kelly... One of the astronauts uh, has a great book about his life on the space station. And he talks about actually how he he became very attached to the mice. Um, I don't think they had to euthanize the mice on the space station, but, you know, the mice were living in zero gravity. And he saw mm -hmm. like, like, he was like, and he was also new, you know, in space, getting used to it. And he's like, wow, they, you could see them. He felt bad seeing them struggling in the same way he was struggling to sort of adapt. Um, then eventually they do, I think, which is kind of amazing. So, uh, all this is a way of saying I was about to fly out there. It was the first time, get all right, finally, we're all vaccinated. We've got boosters. I was ready to go back there. Had my plane ticket. I even checked in. Um, you know, you can check in 24 hours ahead of time, right, on your plane. So I checked in, but, and it was 23 hours ahead. So it was basically the night before. And, uh, I was, you know, finalizing my rental car, et cetera. And I had the TV on, and in the background, it was just Omicron, 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 new yep. new variant, Omicron in South Africa. And they were like, but, it's, you know, it's not in the U.S. yet. And I was like, okay, we've been through this. I feel, and I, as I've always said, biology is my weakest subject by far. Um, but I have learned one thing, which is that when you hear, it's not here yet. It's only a matter of days or a week before we hear, oh, it's actually been here for a long time. Um, and it's every yep. you know. And so, again, I was like, ah, okay. I, I, there wasn't any exact date. I didn't have to be there for a very, very specific thing. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll wait. To their credit, I must say, if anyone's been thinking of traveling or whatever, um, I got to say, all the air, airlines, hotels, car, everybody is like, you have no problem. You can cancel at the last minute without a fee or whatever. So that was nice. I did that. Um, but Omicron, I, I do feel is the best name. Now I know they're just going through the Greek alphabet, but just as sort of names of like super villains or any, or just, I don't know. Omicron. Oh, it's is fantastic. A great, what a great name. Right. I, um, I was talking about this actually with my partner when it first came out, I was like, that, why, this one sounds cool. Like I can't like, I, yeah, of course I'm mad, but I can't be that mad. Yeah. It's cool. It just sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah. Omicron's definitely going to get a spinoff show. I think, <laughs> you know, 
like uh, like the Punisher. Well, it, I mean, this is season two. No, season three. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, if, we, if we've got Alpha, Delta, Omicron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm trying to think now. So what I, I thought you know, you you mentioned in the, in the past we've done. Um, this is actually good to remind people. I'm not sure if it, people who've joined more recently know that uh, you joined us because when the pandemic began, which beginning of 2020, um, Matt had seen you. You did an excellent. Um, you were on like a YouTube. Uh, I don't know, was it a show or something? You, you, yeah, you were we, talking about. We did like a town hall with um, mm. Rocky DU, which is Rockefeller Science Outreach Program. Uh, and it was a bunch of, I'm pretty sure this is how you found it. It was a bunch of like uh, people from around New York City. Um, but a lot of school teachers had said, all right, well, you know, since they didn't really have virtual lessons planned, they'd sort of assigned their their students to just come and listen to this virtually. And I'm pretty sure one or both of Matt's daughters were in the audience. So he was listening to, you know, me talk and was like, oh, hey. We should have her on the podcast. And then, yes. you know, it's been, what, like a year and a half now since I've been on the podcast? Oh, yeah. 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 You were amazing. And you came in. And, and so we, we, we started out, we, we did almost, I believe, a year's worth of, um, um, for a little while there, we were doing two two shows a week. So we had our regular what if, and then we had you um, doing what we called COVID news, and you helped us understand. So by the way, there's a whole, there's a ton of... Um, episodes go to our website whattheif.com and i believe you can click uh, if it's not there i'll put it back i have a tab where you can just click uh covid news or whatever and you can just see all those uh ton of episodes all where we went through uh yes it's, it's some of the headlines some of the headlines have passed you know it was sort of like COVID, you helped us get behind the news but all of that stuff is it's really just evergreen science as we would say it's fascinating stuff um and so with the Omicron around, we thought, yeah, let's, let's, let's do, I, I would love an update because biology is, as I said, my, uh, it's, it's my weak link. Um, and so how do, how do we phrase, what, I want to phrase this in a what the if form. Um, by the way, those of you who are new, uh, what Gabby? Why do we? What, what is this? What the if? What does that even mean? It's like the worst grammar in the world. <laughs> yeah. So uh, normally, although I think today's episode might be a little bit funky, uh, we choose one sort of what if scenario, um, our the if, uh, to change one thing about the way the universe works, and sort of follow that outward, and usually as a side effect, destroy the world as we know it. But maybe not this time. Probably not this time if it's the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Here, let's. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna go for it. This week, what the if? Omicron was not the last. What the if? We knew the descendants of Omicron. Omicron's your daddy. Yeah, it's definitely not the last. <laughs> In fact, is that even the right? To, when I'm another, what I mean is like we'll we'll talk about. Uh, first, I'd love to know just a little bit about variants 
what what is the, the kind of science behind that but um further variants would they be considered descendants or would they just be like not necessarily descendants um yeah. so for example um omicron i don't know if it's descended from delta essentially if the person was a who you know whatever patient zero for omicron was if they were infected with delta in which case then it would be you know derived i guess you could say from delta um but it's possible that it wasn't um it's possible that this was a person who had you know essentially like beta um or gamma or something like that the, some of the other variants that you know you, you didn't really hear about because they weren't actually that big of a problem uh like we thought they might be um and then that you know became what we know as omicron so essentially all of them are descended from alpha that's pretty solid um and alpha came from some as yet unidentified mystery progenitor virus that probably came from bats or something else, maybe through an intermediate host. We haven't quite nailed it down yet, but it definitely seems to be natural in origin. Um, I guess we just don't tend to say descended from too much unless there's something that we probably more say that for alpha, you know, SARS-CoV-2 OG. Yeah, I like that. OG. Um, <clears throat> uh what's fun is i i it's kind of fun to imagine that if it was descended if omicron was descended from something that there was some lesser uh uh version that was like we never heard about but boy they're proud of their omicron he eh? really yeah. he's doing <laughs> look gang. at him go yeah it's like the uh uh the new kid on the block you know uh so first of all it just help us understand Help me understand a variant, a variant. Now, I, I get the idea, the basic idea that, you know, yeah, through evolution or just something, it mutates. I understand that. But this is even just what you were saying about like, oh, is each one, is, is the, each one down the line descended exactly from the first one or not? How does that work? So alpha you're saying is <clears throat> actually, essentially the, the first, when we started talking about COVID, COVID is here. Um, and so it's, you know, uh, late 2019, early 2020, um, mm -hmm. that would, we call that alpha. alpha or yeah. That, yeah. Alpha. We first just called that, you know, SARS-2, but then, you know, it kept becoming slightly different from the original. So that's when we started denoting stuff. And you may, you may remember, uh, you've probably seen all of like those weird variants names. Like, uh, I think another name for Omicron is B1.1.529 or something ridiculous like that. Like yeah. eventually we you use Greek because it's a little snappier and you can remember it. No one's no one's gonna remember B1.1.529. Right, right. It's like patch update. <laughs> patch update. Yeah, <laughs> or, or, the names of stars are often like that too. They just have these horrible yeah. numbers. Yeah. Um so but but in truth, that so-called alpha, the first one we encountered most likely was who knows what the umpteenth variant of something that was going on let's say in bats or no What's, yeah what, what, and yeah. so i so we kind of draw the line between you know new viruses by combination of of genome makeup and behavior mm -hmm. um and you'll hear people use strain and we're not really using strain for these because so what marks a strain differently is, is different behavior um, so, for example, I work with West Nile virus, um, which technically includes a virus called Kunjin virus, 
but it's considered a different strain because it behaves a little bit differently. It's not really as uh, pathogenic as, you know, OG West Nile, and certainly not as pathogenic as like the New York 99 strain, which was pretty encephalitic and was pretty bad for birds. If you were around in 1999 and saw crows uh. dropping like flies, that was that variant. Uh. Well, strain. Um, so essentially you could have called them all variants until we had enough evidence that they behaved differently, significantly differently. And we don't really have any evidence that any one of these behaves significantly differently. Um, and I should say it's not like we necessarily expect any of these to suddenly massively become murder virus. Um, and <laughs> I, what's really kind of cool is, uh, so preliminarily, knock on wood, it's really kind of up in the air. It's not formalized yet, but tentative assessments from people um, in South Africa and other places where Omicron is popping up is that, you know, it's not requiring... The death rate isn't climbing with hospitalization, as we've seen before. It's requiring less oxygen uh, for patients, and they have shorter hospital stays. So it seems like selection is not favoring a more pathogenic, more nasty virus. It's just favoring one that can spread better, which is unsurprising. Yeah, and in fact, here's I was just talking about somebody, uh, somebody about this yesterday, and we were wondering, does this mean that um, if the so people who, let's suppose you get uh, you're unvaccinated, let's say, and you get Omicron, um, and it's mild, hopefully, and you recover, are you, is that as good as being vaccinated? Are you now immune to? <laughs> no, probably or, not. Uh, um, so immune response scales with severity of disease. Uh, so for people who got really, really bad OG SARS-1, they were protected forever from SARS-1. People who got really, really, really bad SARS-2, they're protected basically forever for SARS-2. Um, and actually, in fact, people who got SARS-2, this current virus, COVID, um, and then got vaccinated have like super antibodies, like just the nicest antibodies, super wide breadth of different types of antibodies. And then they're also a pretty good amount of them. But the problem about this is that, you know, we have so many, so many people who don't want to get vaccinated and they're like, I'll build it the natural way. And then they got alpha, they got delta, they'll get Omicron. These viruses are evolving to reinfect the same people they've infected before. Whoa. And part of the reason why you're getting vaccinated is that, you know, one, it's protecting you against severe disease. Um, maybe you won't get a severe disease if you've been infected previously, but at the same time, clearly your antibodies aren't working that well because you keep getting infected. It's continuing to evade the ones that you're you're putting out there. And so part of the reason why you get vaccinated is to give your body a way to see the virus without actually having to see it. And so you may see vaccinated people get infected with Omicron, but you're probably not going to see them get sick with Omicron, if that makes sense. They might come up as positive, um, but you won't really be sick. It's why a lot of vaccinated people have completely asymptomatic infections and very low viral loads and very low chance of passing it on to other people because, you know, you've got good antibodies. Yeah. Oh, so that that's really interesting. Basically, no pain, no gain. You you get the weak variant. You you have a Yeah, weak if you're immune. if you're gonna go through it the hard way, yeah, no pain, yeah. no gain. But also, you know, there's a nice neat little jab and then you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right, if you get that. Um and so um Another thing you mentioned is interesting when you were talking about the West Nile virus and what, what was the, the other variant you mentioned? Was that the name of does that the other come strain from, is Kunjin? And is that a place? I'm guessing Kunjin. I think it? so. It's Australian. Uh huh. So uh -huh. I don't know if it's named after a place or a person. But. Oh right, right, right. Um, I I did think it was a nice uh, 
it was a nice gesture when at some point they said, you know what, let's stop naming the, uh, or referring to the variants of COVID by the place. Cause it seems to, you know, there's so much panic and just whatever. Uh, and it's also so like artificial, just where they happen to find it. It's like calling the 1918 right. flu pandemic, the Spanish flu. The Spain just reported on it cause you know, they were neutral in world war one. Um, I think technically the U.S. might have found it first, and you could track the spread of it by like where we shipped troops. Um, but that should have been called the. But you never. And by the way, that's something you'd never hear. At least here in the U.S., I've never heard of the American flu, right? You know. Yeah, yeah, the good old fashioned American flu. Yeah, and I think actually when it came from around here, we still called it swine. Wasn't swine flu from here or something like that? We we're like, right, yes, it's not us. It's the pigs. Yeah, yeah. that's right. We gotta blame somebody. Um, I'm still, by the way, just a little bit fixated. One part of my brain latched onto the New York 99 virus or something that was killing the crew. It just feels like, I don't know, like the 99 Mets or something, you know. Or... I, I want you to know that in my, my, um, my lab meeting presentations, when I talk about New York 99, I was previously working on New York 99 and Texas 02, which are two different strains of West Nile. I would put little hats on them. And so New York 99 <laughs> had a Yankees hat and 99 after the Yankees hat. And then... Texas O2 had a like a 10-gallon hat, and it said O2 on the top of it. That's awesome. Um, it was really dumb, but I really enjoyed it. Nobody else laughed. <laughs> yeah, see, we should name we could, another way you could... Another, that just points up, basically, just to, to make the point clear if it wasn't already, that the names these names are artificial. Um, however, however, there is something scientific to, um, you know, going through the Greek alphabet that is saying that the, these are known... This is different than that. And so um, how, uh, just the biggest question is, wh where does this go? Uh, like how, how long um, will these variants come around? And, and, you know, is it still a danger that the next one could be um, more lethal than any one we've had so far? So, I mean, I think I talked about this before in the original um, you know, outbreak where, you know, the virus isn't go undergoing selective pressure to become more deadly, um, but it is undergoing selective pressure to become more infectious and to infect more people. And so by proxy is the number of people get infected. If you always have a 2% chance of dying, then that's, you know, 2% of a thousand is much less than 2% of a hundred. So therefore, you know, you may get more death anyway. Uh, despite the fact that it's not being selected for it. Um, I think the thing about, you know, variants that people have to realize is, is right now your only options are either get vaccinated or get sick. And we're not going to be out of this uh. until everyone's either done one or both of those things. Um, I think, to be honest, I don't think this is going anywhere. I don't think it's going away. Um, but we're also not anywhere near a place where we can t contain it. Uh, there's a lot of countries out there that don't have good access to vaccine to vaccines, um, and a lot of it's kind of dumb. It's a lot of just like patent technology, which really I understand why we have patents, but we're in a global pandemic, and literally we need everybody to help us get out. Um, and you know, part of me isn't too surprised that South Africa, you know, saw the birth of this variant because unfortunately the people there don't trust their government for a lot of reasons, um, and so they have a very low vaccination rate. Um, oh wow! So it's it's one of these factors where, you know, you get, and there's a lot of places that have huge anti-vax movements, including the U.S., frustratingly. Yeah. Um, and so 
the more people you have who aren't vaccinated, the more hotbeds of people you have who could generate variation. Because chances are this this probably came out of somebody who had a really chronic COVID infection. Uh, you get people who have infections for way longer than other way longer than others. Um, South Africa also has a really high HIV prevalence. I think it's something like 20%. Um, and so if a not insignificant chunk of your population is immunocompromised and potentially uh -huh. experiencing a chronic COVID infection, you get a lot of chance for diversity. So unfortunately, I don't know if we're going to get out of this until, you know, more of the world is vaccinated. Right. Uh, right. But who knows? Yeah, it's interesting. You, you can worry about what goes on in a cave or you can even, you know, say, well, you know, conspiracy theories about um, what did the lab let it out? And yet in, in both those instances, uh, I would say that um, you're talking about one incredibly rich, you know, there was, let's, let's even just, just talk about, say it was in a bat cave, <laughs> the, bat, oh, the bat cave. That's yeah. It sounds more fun now, actually. Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, you know, some bad, some, there was one transmission and stuff like that, um, that we don't even know about. It was rare. We didn't see it. And yes, it caught hold in a population and it took off. But now it's like, why are, if you're worried about what goes on, what might be leaking from a government lab or, or from a, you know, a cave of bats where researchers are doing something or whatever, shouldn't you be worried about like, well, here's, this is like a zillion bat caves. I mean, it's just oh yeah, like, everywhere, it's all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no conspiracy needed, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess I could say that you know people are always, we have a hard time accepting that things are random, mm. and that there's no driving force behind something. Um, literally, yeah. you could put this down to an act of God, and it's it's not a good act, uh, but it's 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 just you know it's a random chance. I think yeah. I've, I've tried to describe evolution the way I see it as this, you know, shambling, directionless horror uh, that will produce something that's effective, you know, one time out of the thousand times it produces something that's either worse or downright monstrous. Um, so it's it's just random chance, um, but enough random, enough, if you roll the dice enough times, which happens if you've got one sick person around a lot of unvaccinated people, um, something's got to come out of it. So hence, yeah. Omicron. <laughs> yeah. And essentially if you, uh, again, I, I find it hard to, to blame uh, it, people who don't, you know, they just don't know or whatever it's, it's, but the people who are spreading the news or, or telling people that if you're out there telling people not to get vaccinated, um, and you know better, uh, either way, um, you really are on team COVID. <laughs> I mean, you're really playing. You're oh yeah. Playing. Let's keep going. Let's keep making more uh, of these things. So um, uh, that being the case, I, I'm curious in terms of interesting you mentioned that like actually the, the variant may have come from someone who had a really chronic case, um, which says to me, oh, yeah, it's a reminder that actually it's not just spawning a variation, a variant uh, in you, but like you still need a lot of those, you know, to to go in other words it, is it possible is if you have it uh is it possible that actually a lot of people have it and do the little very might you get like one or two uh, yeah so the population of viruses in a person is not pure mm. um but what matters mm. is what is getting selected for so essentially say you sneeze a whole cloud of viruses at a person 
and they get infected. There might be a few variations that represent a larger proportion of the population because they're more effective. Um, but what, what is important is selective pressure. So for example, you've probably heard, if you remember me from the, you know, OG Wethy if news, uh, I think I talked once about the D614G, uh, variant. I don't even remember if that was like beta. I don't even know if they actually, uh, D614G. Ah, uh, yeah, the good old D614G. <laughs> um, but essentially it, it was a slight, uh, mutation. Um, and it seemed to maybe slightly help immune evasion, if I remember correctly. Um, but the thing was, is you saw it pop up in the random cloud of people in the original pandemic, but there was no advantage for it yet. It didn't have to evade immunity at all. It was just fine. It was running free. Mm. Um, and then when it had, you know, a, was essentially competing against other versions of itself, and there was a selective pressure of, oh, now some of these people have antibodies. Well, then it got an advantage, and then it gained prominence. Same thing with Delta. Once it has an advantage, then you see it sweep through the population because it, it's there's something that makes it better um, than another version. And Omicron seems to be immune evasion. That essentially, because it's got a bunch of mutations on the spike protein, which since your body tends to see the spike first, that's you know really what your antibodies are against. Uh, because it's got a bunch of those mutations, the antibodies aren't able to bind as well, and it's still able to manage to infect you. Granted, if you're vaccinated or maybe you've been infected before, you could probably control it like, you know, better than, you know, being completely naive and getting COVID. Um, but but well, is it, that it, seems to be what it's putting its skill set, skill points into is an yeah. invasion. Right. So basically one of the big advantages of the vaccine is that in allowing your body to already generate uh, antibodies or protection against um, something. If you if you breathe in, let's say any variant, um, it's, it's not going to multiply very quickly, and not not going you're not going to get a huge you know for the most part you're not going to get a huge population um, of the variant being manufactured inside you, right? It's going to just stop mm -hmm. it. So at any, I'm fascinated by the idea that uh, it reminds me a little bit of like. Uh, or even like the origin of life is something in a way like, is it possible uh, or do we even know for sure that like in any, let's say in any given person, you wind up with variants, right? Some could be some mm -hmm. very, very tiny number. Is it possible that a variant like Delta got created in somebody, but then didn't go anywhere? Is it sort of, does, does, do you think Delta that form of the virus appears multiple, multiple times, and it's just... Well, so that's what I was saying about D614G. That appeared multiple times in multiple different people, but oh, it, just, okay. it never had any advantage for a while until later it started sweeping. And that one, because it was a single mutation, it popped up multiple different times, multiple places around the globe. Omicron right. seems to be very specific in the fact that it probably was, you know, one patient zero. Um, right. Some of the reason for this is that, you know, when you think about mutations, uh, we think about it now in a way mutations and fitness i should say we think about it in terms of a, a mutational landscape i think matt brought this up on a, a previous episode actually mm -hmm. um and so if you imagine fitness essentially how good a thing is as a series of peaks and valleys the peaks are you know, this is really super fit this is the ideal virus and the valley is like that thing sucks um <laughs> it's it's hard and maybe, maybe there's a peak across from you that's much, much higher, but to get there, you have to go through a super low valley. 
Well, part of the reason why this probably came out of somebody who had, you know, long COVID or was maybe immunocompromised is that that's a more permissive environment, which means that the difference in height, I guess you could say, between the high peak and the valley, the valley's not going to be as low. Um, so it gives it a lot of time and gives it a lot of space to move through that valley to something and essentially give it space to be a worse virus uh, and then, you know, make its way towards being a, a better virus at, in the end. Yeah. So it's, it is this and Delta, maybe not Delta. I don't know enough about Delta, but this one probably did come from a single person. But, you know, other smaller variations have probably just popped up multiple times throughout the adaptation of the virus to people yeah yeah it would be you know i can imagine it'd be cool if you could if you could see any individual person and see you know okay what viruses they're carrying and <laughs> if each of the let's say they have COVID, and and you could see that the different variations in different colors you know i feel that that's the kind of thing that like wow that would probably get people to get vaccinated more. I mean, if you could literally see people walking down the street, like, whoa, he's got, you know, uh, something. Um, so on the other hand, there would be people who find it fashionable, I think, and would go out and dance, you know, sport, sport their colors. Um, ultimately, it boils down to statistics, I'm guessing. Is that how, in other words, how do they predict 